0: Welcome to Charter Central, a podcast for leaders in education brought to you by Central Michigan University, the Center for Charter Schools. Uh, We're really excited to bring you this podcast today, and I'm here with my partner, Janelle Brzezinski. Um, Hello, Janelle, how are you?
1: Hi, doing great and excited to have everybody for a really important episode today. Um, if you're new to our podcast, um, we are available on our website, which is the centerforcharters.org. We're also available on any podcast streaming platform. So Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can su- subscribe on there and not miss an episode.
0: Well, thank you, Janelle. Thanks for reminding us where that's at as we wind down the uh, fiscal year for us and um, and are looking into the new year. We're reminded that this will be our opportunity to gather again for our annual conference on August 17th. We're really excited, uh, since we missed our annual conference last year to be hosting our annual conference in person in Novi um, and really looking forward to an exciting program that uh, reaches teachers, board members and administrators.
1: And you can find any information that we currently have available. We are always releasing more information throughout the summer, um, but everything, including the announcement, recent announcement of our keynote, Kim Bearden, is all available on our website. Um, You can find that under the events section. You can register there. And like I said, we're certainly releasing more information throughout the summer. So stay up to date on, on all the sessions as they get announced. Thanks, Janelle. And as we, as we conclude our, that portion, um, wanna really jump into, like I said earlier, an important interview, an important topic today. Um, honored to have as our guest, um, Jess Stone, who is a math teacher at River Heights Academy um, in Flat Rock, Michigan, as one of our um, CMU partner schools is also um, part of the Distinctive Schools Network. Um, Jess was recently recognized um, by the National Alliance for Public Charter Schools as one of their 30 Under 30 Changemaker Award honorees. Um, And they were recognized for the really important work that they're doing for LGBTQ plus students and staff within their network and within their school to make sure that everyone's providing a safe and inclusive environment and classrooms for the students that they serve. So really interesting interview and was really honored to have um, just join us to share a lot of important insights for other educators in the world.
0: Well, stick around as we will be chatting with Just Stone and uh, look forward to seeing everybody at the annual conference. Welcome to Charter Central, a podcast for education leaders. really excited to have as our guest Jess Stone who's a math teacher at River Heights Academy and just wanted to know just when did you know that you wanted to be a teacher and what motivated you to go into education?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a lot of love for learning as a kid. Um, I was always reading books. I had two older siblings who also were big fans of school and so you know looking up to them that was always something that I liked. Um, But I didn't consider myself as a teacher until later on, Um, and I had kind of both good and bad experiences growing up that kind of colored my viewpoint on that. Um, But when I was in high school, I did some math tutoring and I found a lot of gratification from helping um, students improve their skills and especially with changing their mindsets about math. And so there was one particular um, peer who I helped who went from failing geometry and just feeling like this is the worst thing in the world to actually, you know, bringing her grade up and being excited that she had earned a B in the semester and talking about how she wanted to study it in college. And it just kind of opened my eyes to the difference that it can make um, when you help someone find a connection to the love of learning. And so that kind of helped get me my foot in the door. Um, and then as I embraced my queer identity later as a late teenage and young adult and reflected on some of the experiences I had growing up, I kind of developed this passion that I knew I wanted to work in a classroom and develop a classroom environment that I wish that I'd had growing up um, and giving students the empowerment to be their most authentic selves. Um, and so I just um, went to school for it and I've loved it ever since. Um, and Jess, recently the National
1: Alliance for Public Charter Schools released their 30 Under 30 Changemakers Awards list and you were one of the honorees um, and so excited that you were recognized on a, on a national stage for the important work you're doing. Um, some of that work that led to that um, recognition was um, your work at River Heights Academy, um, where Orlando mentioned you're a teacher. Um, of making sure that your students have that safe and inclusive environment. Can you speak a little bit to the importance of having a safe and inclusive and supportive um, space for students when they're in school?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's something that I think that people don't necessarily always think about. but um, However, according to recent polls by Gallup, um, one in six adult Gen Zers identify as something other than straight. And so statistically, every single classroom is going to have at least a few students who are LGBTQ. And there's been lots of research done, gathered by Gleason, which talks about how 86% of LGBT students have reported being harassed or assaulted within school. 84% of trans students don't feel safe in school because of their gender. And so this work is extremely vital to helping LGBT students have um, a experience in school where not only their educational outcomes um, can be better, but also having access to education, which opens up for the rest of their lives. And so, um, but for students who do have schools that have affirming policies and inclusive classrooms and, you know, gay-straight alliances, things like that. Um, students are less likely to miss school. They end up hearing fewer homophobic and transphobic remarks. Um, they're almost twice as likely to see the intervention happen when something does happen. And that leads to vastly better outcomes, both educationally and mentally health mental health for those students. Um, and that can be a matter of life and death or um, things like that. So it's just extremely vital and important to address it and to address it young as well at age-appropriate levels all along the way.
0: So Jess, you mentioned uh, the inclusive classroom, and I'm wondering uh, if you can describe for us what that inclusive classroom might look like, and what have you implemented at River Heights to ensure that you've provided a safe environment for students?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, There are lots of both large and small things that you can do to make your classroom inclusive depending on what you're comfortable with and um, what you feel safe to do within the area that you're in or how supportive your school is but there are lots of really um, small and simple things you can do as well so for example one of the best things that you can do is um, ask students for their names and pronouns at the beginning of the year as you get to know students in the variety of ways that we do. um, I like to give a private name and pronoun survey so that students aren't put on the spot where they can share this is the name that I go by and that goes for both trans kids but also kids who like I go by Joe instead of Joseph or I go by DJ instead of whatever and so um, it Can be used for a number of things. And students also, it's important to ask them Would you like me to use these in front of your classmates? Would you? like me to use these when I contact home because students have varied levels of being out, varied levels of being safe in their environments. And so helping make those distinctions on where would you like me to use these names and pronouns is really important. Um, And then once you know it, make sure you're using it consistently within the boundaries that the student has expressed to you, um, because that is one of the number one things you can do. Um, You can also do things like being a visible ally by hanging a poster or sign in your classroom, a rainbow, safe space sticker. There's all sorts of things you can do to visibly signify that you're an ally, which um, has the effect of helping, number one, the LGBTQ students in your classroom know that they have someone safe that they can talk to. Other students know that it, you know, homophobic speech is not going to be tolerated. And it also helps um, staff members at your school feel more supported, which as someone who's been through that myself, that's really um, pretty important. Um, And, you know, advocating for queer students who if you hear someone use a homophobic slur to really address it in that moment because ignoring it um, really affirms to the person using it that this is okay to do and to anybody who hears it that this is okay to do and so just stopping and saying you know addressing even things like oh that's so gay used in a negative way can really um the way that you handle it can either make students feel safer or make them feel more upset about things. Um, And so there's all sorts of resources out there that you can use to, you know, learn how to handle situations like that. Um, Other things you can do to make your classroom a more inclusive place is having a diverse set of classroom books. And um, that includes at every age level. And, you know, even things like picture books like Tango Makes Three, or um, as students get older age appropriate books that represent, um, people who have different families types and different experiences, um, both helps to serve to make your classroom inclusive, but also to help kids learn about people who are different than them. Another thing you can do is founding a gay straight alliance at your school. So I created one at River Heights Academy, we call it Equity Club. It's for um, middle school students, since that's primarily what I teach. Um, but for um, LGBT kids and allies to have a place where they can go and just exist as themselves and know that there's going to be no judgment. They can ask questions about things that they might be curious about. They can try out, hey, I'm thinking of using a different pronoun. Are you okay if we just practice it here to see how that feels before I try having other people use it. Um, We would, you know, talk about lgbt issues on the national level and um, talk about advocacy some students are more advocacy oriented and wanting to know how to make the world a better place looking at legislation and getting energized by that whereas some kids just want a place to be and having that place where they can be themselves and be with people who they know won't judge them is just such a massive um, impact and that is um, really great there's resources um online through gleason and and hrc and lots of different organizations on how to start a gsa at your school and that can make a large difference as well and at the end of the day having a willingness to learn about these topics about having a willingness to learn about um, how to help support kids is really key because we're never perfect. you know. I'm learning things as I go along, just along with everyone else. Um, but being willing to talk about it, be, being willing when someone says, hey, that wasn't really great, it made me feel icky when you did that, to be able to apologize, don't get defensive, and say, you know what, I'm gonna do better next time. And that's really key um, as we move forward.
1: And you mentioned a few additional resources there as it related to um, having, having a, a club like the Equity Club. Are there other kind of classroom um, resources where if, um, if an educator is really interested in this and making sure they are offering that safe space, you, you offer so many wonderful um, examples there that people can really take right now and start implementing. Is there any place for people to learn more if they're interested?
2: Yeah, so um, Gleason G-L-S-E-N is an organization that um, offers many resources and a lot of research in how to support LGBT kids. Um, You can go to welcomingschools.org, which has resources on, for example, how to address when someone says that's so gay in class in a negative way. Um, There is the Human Rights Campaign, which has resources for creating an inclusive classroom. And so those are a couple of places that you can go to learn more about specific things you can do.
1: That's wonderful, and so helpful, I'm sure, to all of our listeners um, who are in the education setting out there um, right now. In addition to the work that you do with students, you also um, do quite a bit to make sure that other teachers and staff members at schools um, are supported, not just in your school, but across the Distinctive Schools Network. Can you share a little bit more about what that work looks like and how you can support staff members as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So there are so many things. On both the school level and on the wider network level, or you know, education world, that can be done. Um, so speaking to the school level, um, the school that I taught at, the school that I had taught at before River Heights Academy, I was not out. I was in the closet. I did not talk about my wife. I didn't talk about my gender identity. Nothing because the atmosphere just was not welcoming to that it was not open to that Um, i got the sense that i wasn't allowed to talk about lgbt things with kids and so i did lots of things that i could at that time to be a subtle ally you know even down to having a rainbow lanyard and having rainbow borders so that the kids who are looking for those signs could see them Um, and not allowing homophobic language like i did lots of subtle things which i am really glad that i did but being personally closeted was so difficult for my mental health. And so when I switched schools to my current school, um, before I accepted my position, I reached out to my now um, administrator at my building and I came out to her, I said, look, I've got a wife, I'm bisexual and you know, non-binary, and is this gonna be a problem? and she immediately didn't miss a beat was like yes if anybody has a problem with that you know if you have any negative comments from students or parents let me know and i have your back and she's followed through with that and knowing that when things come up because people misunderstand or are less educated about lgbt topics and are worried about things she's got my back and i know that my job is safe i know that i'm supported that was just the biggest mental lift for me and so making your class or making your school feel like a welcoming space and that's why being a visible ally with something like you know an equal sign in your classroom or a rainbow helps staff feel more comfortable and when staff are more comfortable it makes a safer place for students as well on the network level um, i'm on a couple of different design teams which i'm really excited and energized by the work that we can do to help impact students across my charter school network with distinctive schools and um, hopefully to kind of set the stage for things across the country as well. Um, so I'm part of the Culture and Retention Expanded Design Team for Distinctive Schools. Um, Distinctive is extremely teacher-centered around mental health, teacher well-being, work environment, things like that. And so we discuss things like professional development, um, DEI initiatives, materials that we might need, especially with COVID. It was a, you know a way for us to make teachers feel supported across all areas. And um, they're very responsive when things are brought up, it's attended by senior leadership. And so as a teacher, knowing that um, I can either advocate for others or for myself, when I see something that doesn't line up, they're responsive and they listen, that is immensely important. Um, We also do a lot of DEI work, which is diversity, equity and inclusion within the network. So to make sure that we're always iterating our practices to become more aligned with our vision of social justice um, we work to be anti-racist, focused on equity, elevating the voices of our students and others in marginalized communities, and really putting our money where our mouth is. It's not just buzzwords, it's we do the work and we do the professional development, and we don't if we don't have it within our organization, we look for great resources outside. Um, and so at both the school and the network level, um, the support to be open and authentic about myself among staff and in front of students and the tangible support when I have come out in different ways with different pronouns and um, it just is such a welcoming and inclusive place for me, which makes me feel safe advocating for my students as well. The other committee that I'm on is the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Curriculum Committee. So we were having lots of conversations at the instructional coach level um, within regional meetings. And this initiative was spearheaded by Camille Hibbler, who's our Michigan Regional Director of Curriculum, Instruction, and Assessment. And our main mission is to ensure that students are being taught using books and curriculum and literature that represent varied voices of people from diverse races, sexualities, gender, ability, status, and beyond all of these different ways so that the curriculum that we're using is really exposing kids to the realities of the world and to people who they might not be encountering in a day-to-day basis, or maybe they are. And so currently we're developing a book list to accompany our elementary reading curriculum so that students are reading from and learning from better books. Um, our next step is to do the same for the middle school curriculum. We are also planning for professional development to support staff in their journeys as well in talking talking about topics that they might not be as fluent or well-versed in. Um, and that goes really strongly in par- partnership with our um, district DEI staff development as well.
0: So Jess, um- I think it's awesome the work that you guys are doing and how you guys have laid a real foundation for trust um, and safety in the classrooms for your students. I wonder though, um, do you ever, have you guys run into any issues or challenges with parents who might be apprehensive about what they're hearing or what their child is bringing home? And how do you guys uh, bridge the gap with parents uh, and really lay out a foundation of communication that allows you to move your work forward?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, As educators, we know that being in partnerships with parents is key, and that's a really big focus of our school and our network is making sure that we really bring parents along in our journey with education and helping their students succeed. And so a lot of it is listening to the parent when they come in and they voice their concerns and trying to get to the root of what they have. And oftentimes, um, depending on a parent's previous exposure to LGBT ideas, sometimes they have misunderstandings or misconceptions that you can kind of clarify and, um, you know, reconstruct with them so that they understand. one thing that you can do to diffuse the situation is to kind of reframe it within their minds and so for example if a parent has a pushback towards a teacher who's openly queer um you know talking about how what do you know if we want our teachers to be authentic we want our students to be authentic with themselves and um acknowledging that there are different family structures so for example i'm not going to be talking to a kindergartner about the different you know legislative and worldly challenges of being a queer person i'm just going to say that my family's a little bit different you know there might be two mommies in that family or two daddies in that family just talking about it in age appropriate ways can help diffuse the situation um, with students when parents understand that you know, we're not talking about all of these extreme details with your child who's really young, but also kind of pushing the narrative about why do you think it's not okay for a fifth grader to know that their teacher has a wife? Um, You know, they might have classmates who have two moms or two dads, and they should be able to be open with that as well. And so kind of partnering a listening ear and validating the parents' questions and concerns while also helping them reframe it in a way that helps them understand that we are just talking about people who have different families and different things like that um, can really help bring parents into the fold and um, there are parents who initially who have had pushback back to the fact that I'm open about being bisexual with my students and it's just in a very kind of you know calm and nondescript way when i at the beginning of the year show a picture of my family that has my wife and my cat and i tell them that my pronouns are they and she and we just i just move on and it's kind of you know a small thing um and helping them understand that that's a small piece of who i am but i also really love math and i love chocolate and i love listening to the hamilton soundtrack and all of these other things about me as well Um, and that can help parents kind of reframe their um thinking
0: no, thank you. And I appreciate, I also appreciate you, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, really focusing on age appropriate uh, messaging to kids. And I wonder what suggestions uh, for those, for those uninitiated, like myself in the curriculum, how do you, you know, what resources are out there to ensure that the approach that you're taking is age appropriate? Um, and, and And what does that look like?
2: Yeah, there's, There are a lot of great book lists out there is a great place to start where there are books that are recommended for, let's say, you know, the K to first grade range. And that includes things like Antango Makes Three, where, you know, it's just two penguins with a baby and, um, the book lists are a great place to start. And they can also be a great discussion point with your kids. So if you read a book where it has all sorts of different family structures and one of them might be two dads, then you can just have a conversation with your students about how some kids have two mommies or two daddies. And you know that can be kind of a good anchor point where if you're talking about it from the book that is for the kids of that level, you're going to already be um, well in line with that. And also just kind of using your intuition and common sense with, um, you know, as students get older, they might have more specific questions. And um, there are resources that you can reach out to those um, places that I listed before, like the human rights campaign and welcomingschools.org that can give guidance on that. Um, One thing I think is really important to note though, is not being afraid to talk about it. Um, I remember the first time that I heard the word lesbian, I was in fifth grade. And it was because a girl had been teased about it on the bus. And she was crying. And my friend kind of whisperedly explained, like, yeah, it's, that means girls who like girls. And she said it in this kind of scandalized way. And what my teacher reacted as was just, that's not appropriate at school. We don't talk about that here. And so it just sent this internal message to me like, oh, that must be bad because my friend said it in a bad way. The teacher said it's not appropriate. And that's the end. And that was like the end of that entire discussion. And it sent the message to me that it's a bad thing. And so it's okay to address things um, and, you know, talk openly about The fact that gay people exist, that sometimes people don't feel like their gender matches the body that they're born in and not saying it in judgmental ways or trying to just change the subject because ignoring it often um, reinforces whatever negative messaging was coming from students. And so um, it's really important to be able to address it and talk about it in just kind of matter of fact ways um, and make sure that students know that, you know, it's okay to use the word gay gay is not a bad word but if you say something negative it would be like if i was saying you know oh that homework assignment was so long that's so boy like it would make you feel really bad about being a boy if it was always used in a bad way and so there it's just important to always make sure that you are addressing things when they come up in negative ways and reframing it to you know the positive matter of fact kind of ways
1: Well, all of the things that you have outlined today, um, so helpful, as I mentioned earlier to your fellow educators, um, not just in Michigan, but across the country. I know the impact that you are having and the work that you are doing, both you and distinctive schools is certainly gonna make a difference for many schools and many students um, for many years to come. So incredibly, always appreciative of teachers, but certainly of teachers that are like you that are going the extra mile to make sure that all students are feeling safe and included in their um, learning environment. So as, as a teacher who is um, undoubtedly having impact on the students' lives, um, we always love to ask our guests about a teacher that had an impact on your life. So if you want to share a little bit about maybe an example that you have of a teacher that really, really changed your life.
2: Um, yeah, one teacher who I always look back on is mister Hammer Cortiels. He was my AP human geography and government teacher when I was in high school. He also taught the debate team, which I was a part of, and the reason that i loved being in his classes so much were because of his open classroom culture Um, it was always kind and collaborative it was really discussion based so we talked about topics that were really kind of in depth and out there and learning to examine things from different viewpoints and he always maintained this culture where people are respected and if someone would say something on whatever level that was contrary to reality or that was um, kind of negative in tone about a classmate, he was always right there to make sure that he was maintaining a safe space. Because as we're discussing all of these different issues, it's important that we feel like we can talk with each other. And so I learned so much of my discourse in um, being able to you know, politely disagree with people and have discussions of uncomfortable to- topics from him. Um, He, I always felt safe and supported in his classroom. He was understanding of. Um, circumstances surrounding students, but he also had such high expectations. And you know, I didn't mind writing a five page essay that brought in all of these different things, because I knew that he supported us in getting there and that um, that we were helping to learn it just was this really rich learning environment where we also felt so safe and um, welcome. And I think back on a lot of the practices that I saw him model in his class when I'm working to have the culture within mine.
1: Sounds like a wonderful teacher. And um, as as I mentioned, I know you're certainly having that that positive impact on the students that you work with as well. So we truly appreciate you sharing your time with us. Um, We hope that this was helpful insight um, for fellow educators that are listening as well. um, And just really appreciate the work that that both you and Distinctive Schools and River Heights Academy are all doing um, to make sure the students feel supported. So thank you so much for joining us.
2: Absolutely. And thank you for having me be here. It's, you know, been quite the journey of coming from having to be in the closet within education to being able to be my most authentic self and be supported by my school network. And with the work that I'm doing, hopefully making, you know, some waves in the educational world um, and being able to help other people make it safer for their classroom as well. Um, I just, you know, I, this work is so important and so key, and I'm so glad that we're having this conversation to help others um, do this as well. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jess. Jess. Great to talk with you. Thanks.